Hey, welcome to the show. It's episode number 11 of Somewhat Bland Substance Podcast. My name's Scott Mitchell. Thank you so much for tuning in once again here this week. A lot has gone on the past week in terms of specifically the COVID-19 pandemic. And a lot of what's going to be said probably in this show is going to sound like it is kind of a best of compilation of things we've talked about in the past here on Somewhat Planned Substance, but I can assure you that this episode is 100% fresh content. It's stuff that I'm literally saying for the first time, even though it may have sounded similar to some stuff in the past. Nonetheless, we will get to a whole bunch of stuff coming up here in the show. We're even going to go back a little bit. Um... It is fresh content, but it's content that I never used. A previous edition of Still the Number One with my buddy Tim Gavin of The Tim Gavin Show that was recorded a little over a month ago and was never used because, as I mentioned in the podcast last week, I was kind of forced out of my house for uh, about three weeks or so, so we didn't really have... Uh, any episode of Somewhat Blend Substance, throw that into. So, why waste content? We've got it. We're going to play it for you coming up in just a little bit here on Somewhat Blend Substance. First, though, let's get right into it. Uh, something that had hit the internet over the course of the weekend, something that happened right here in Alberta, which seems like it's a story out of the U.S. And we've seen these stories out of the U.S. specifically a couple months ago when Florida reopened their beaches and everybody flocked to the beach. And I get it. I get that people were kind of sick and tired of staying indoors already, even though this was way earlier in the pandemic in the states that things like this actually happened. It has now moved into Canada. It was such a beautiful, gorgeous weekend in many parts of Alberta, including on Saturday in Sylvan Lake, just west of Red Deer. People decided to go flocking to the beach. And again, I can't say as I blame them. It was gorgeous out, but here's the thing. The social distancing guidelines were definitely not being followed. You can see the photo and the people who are still the naysayers about this whole thing are the ones who are like, oh, well, uh, you, you know, depth in photos and stuff like that. This these people are still six feet away. There are a lot of people in that photo, even with depth perception, um, who were not clearly going by those guidelines probably standing around in a group of people talking to each other, whether they knew each other or not, or they were cohort families or not, is of course another story. But this person who had originally posted the photo said that they felt like a COVID idiot for just sitting there on the beach, probably wanting to enjoy themselves much like everybody else. And there were a lot of the physical distancing guidelines not being followed. And again, it's something that, you know, we seem to think happens just in the States, but I guess this is proving that it's also happening here in Canada and specifically here in Alberta, which is something that we need to do better on. If we want to, you know, be the ones to 
set an example for the rest of the country and for other people as well, just in general. We can't be doing stuff like this. And like I said, we get it, but you can always go find another place. <laughs> if there's just too many people there, don't be one of those ones say, oh, what's what's two more people? Because you never know, right? And I certainly hope that in the next few days we don't see a spike of cases in central Alberta and, you know, the Sylvan Lake Red Deer area from people who went and sat out on the beach. If we don't, that is fantastic. But if we do, I think that's going to set an example for things not to do. That's for sure. So yeah, maybe if you're planning on going out to the beach at any point, don't do that. If there's too many people, find a different spot to go. Especially in places like where I am, in the Lakeland, there are tons of lakes that you can go to. And even along Lac La Biche, which is obviously our town's namesake, there's a few beaches that you can go to as well. Just that you can maintain those social distancing guidelines, whether you want to or not. It's something that we can all do to help limit the spread. It's not that difficult. Something that is difficult is what people in Florida have been doing once again, because even though the state has reported the highest number of new cases in any state since the pandemic began, over 15,000 back the other day, which is astronomical, Disney World has reopened its Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom theme parks, of course, down in Orlando. And... They have the social distancing measures in place. They require the guests to wear face masks. There are no parades, no character meet and greets or fireworks. These are all measures meant to keep the crowd side down. However, there are pictures that circulated the internet, much like the photo that showed up from Sylvan Lake, that show that people weren't abiding by the social distancing as well. And people uh, on Twitter we're saying the same thing as if people weren't abiding by it, masks or not. I get that the masks will help, and that's what that has been recommended, that if you can't necessarily follow the social distancing guidelines that are put out in place, the suggestion has and seems to continue to be wear a mask, which would make total sense. However, people, once again, not abiding by that. And I, I don't understand why people are so stubborn. And especially like if you are taking your kids there and then maybe the kids want to go see grandma and grandpa as well at some point, or you want to go visit as well. Those are, you know, some of the most vulnerable people in the population that are most susceptible to um, very very serious complications from COVID-19. And it's not a case of doing it for yourself. It's a, a case of doing it for them, right? So if you're going out, wear a mask, especially down in Florida where they saw over 15,000 new cases back the other day, which is, of course, a record. Something else that I did see on over the course of the weekend, and this is probably where it's going to sound like I'm using old content. Um... It was actually shared last night on a friend's Facebook page. And typically, 
lately I've been one of the ones that if I've seen something like this, I just back off. I don't want to get into the argument. But it was shared um, this this video from uh, a press conference with conservative leader Andrew Scheer, where a member of the media, a single member, keep that in mind, uh, was asking him why he wasn't wearing a mask when he was on a phone call in public after that was what has been suggested and what is actually becoming mandatory in some places like Ottawa, for example. And the video that was shared was like, sheer laser to the mainstream media. I can't believe that this is the question you're asking kind of thing. I'm getting really sick and tired of having to have this argument with people. Lumping the mainstream media into one group because of one person's question would be like me saying that all conservative supporters think this way because there's one right-wing page that shared it. And... uh, Again, people continue to blame the media and then, you know, some people will backpedal and say, oh, well, it's not you. It's not these small agencies like you are. You know, when I'm actually at my job here in Lac at the radio station. But I tend to actually believe the problem is the biased Facebook pages and self-proclaimed news agencies on both sides of the spectrum. Doesn't matter which one you're looking at, there are a lot of biased Facebook pages and biased, again, news agencies in heavy quotations. But mainstream media is mainstream media, period. Doesn't matter if it's a smaller outlet or a national network. It is the mainstream media. I am a member of the mainstream media. So when I see things like, oh, this is all the mainstream media's fault... That is a direct attack on people like me, people who are still trying to be a good example of mainstream media, I guess you could say, in this instance. And as long as people lump us all together, because the media is a vague argument that some people make in comment sections, there's bound to be pushback. I just, I don't understand why can't people get this through their head that not everyone is part of the bad apple group i i just i don't get it it's totally annoying for somebody like me who is a member of the mainstream media that's for sure if you want to talk about bad apples in the mainstream media this lady is one of them i don't want to say her name because well she's a little bit nuts i think um, she was a radio host in New Hampshire, and she went on this racist tirade against a group of workers doing their job because they were speaking Spanish. She basically screamed at them, saying, it's America, speak English. And she assumes that they're working for the state, as if that would, you know, be her a logical explanation as to why she's saying this. And there's no law in New Hampshire, according to TMZ, that they found prohibiting people from speaking languages other than English. So they correct her saying they're a private company, and she starts throwing insults, and it's just, it's so dumb. That is one of the bad apples in terms 
of the mainstream media. And she was one of the uh, Make America Great Again patriots, if you will. And she stated on her show, because I watched a little bit of a clip because I just had to see what kind of crazy we were dealing with here. That, you know, she thought the COVID-19 pandemic is a hoax. And, you know, just based on posts on her Facebook page, it seems like she still does. <laughs> uh, she did get fired from her job, though. So, of course, you now are going to have a bunch of people saying, oh, the snowflakes can't take it. Because, again, that is another vague argument that people just throw around as if it's to mean something. Spoiler alert, it doesn't if you can't be specific. And if you're acting like the snowflake because of it. While we're talking about and, you know, people who are thinking that it's a hoax and stuff like that. This one is really, really funny. BuzzFeed has come out with an article of stores that had perfect response to people not wearing masks. As people are trying to get more and more customers to wear them if the social distancing guidelines cannot be followed. You know, maybe even things like hairdressers or tattoo shops or whatever. Here are some of the signs. No face mask, no tacos. You can choose not to wear a mask, then you must also remove all your clothes to enter. It's all or nothing. It's about choices. (laughs) Uh, If you come into the store without a mask, we will have to take your temperature P.S. We only have rectal thermometers. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, to accommodate anti-maskers, rather, we have provided a space 40 feet west where you could stare at your reflection in the window since apparently you're the only person you care about. Oof. Oof. And a queen one. No mask on your face, you big disgrace. Spreading your germs all over the place. <laughs> I like it. Let's keep making these signs funny. Coming up on the show here, we're still going to talk a little bit more about stuff regarding COVID-19, but maybe more of the lighter side of things. Um, We still have a few serious matters to discuss. I just got to go get another drink of water here, but uh, we're going to switch it over to a previous edition of Still the Number One that never aired. This would have been, oh, a few weeks ago, nonetheless, what, like June 8th or something like this that, that it was supposed to run on this show. Uh, so take a, take a listen. That is going to be our little bit of a breakaway here today on Somewhat Bland Substance. Two thousand and three, and I find this chart very interesting because it's still, I guess, relatively recent in the grand scheme of things, and yet there is so much on this chart that I know and I'm completely unfamiliar with, both at the same time. Right, and I think it was a a very telling year in terms of where the trends were going and uh, more of an influx in that R&B hip hop urban sound making its way into the world and becoming more popular. I mean, look at the top five itself and every single one of those songs fits somewhere in that category. Before doing this, how many of the songs of the top 10 had you heard? That's a good question. I'd say probably uh, seven. I'd say about six for me in the top 10. But up until just a couple days ago, I hadn't heard that 
number one song on the chart. 21 Questions, 50 Cent, and Nate Dogg. I had to take a listen again. That was one of the ones where I was not 100% sure on, and I listened to the first minute or whatever i'm like okay now i remember this song vaguely but it's there nonetheless what do you think led it to being number one even though we are very much outsiders to hip-hop 50 cent was really making a name for himself back in 2003 and there was uh if you look down at number 13 as well he had in the club in there uh, I believe if you scroll further down on the chart, there was another 50 cents. So I think he was one of the ones who was really, yeah, Pimp was in at uh, 51 as well. Um, he was really leading a charge on that hip hop game back in 2003. And uh, that was probably one of the reasons why, if not the reason why it got to the top. For sure. And Into Club, it did get to number one. And looking at things, it spent a while on the mm-hmm. charts. Absolutely. And that was kind of uh, along the same lines. Uh, if you look into that top five, number two, Sean Paul, Get Busy, was there for 17 weeks. Um, Buster Rhymes and Mariah Carey with I Know What You Want at uh, number three was there for 15 weeks. 15 weeks for Fabulous. Can't let you go at number four. And uh, of course, little Kim and 50 Cent was on that one as well. Magic Stick was number five, and that was working its way up the chart as well. Yeah. And even though there is a lot of hip hop on this chart, I am seeing a lot of variety, especially number six, Evanescence, <laughs> Bring Me to Life, the heaviest song to ever hit the pop charts and probably the last heavy song that ever will. And it still is uh, heard quite often on mainstream and hot AC stations. Which absolutely blows me away. <laughs> like, again, it's it's pretty light and tame compared to everything else in heavy metal. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's still a very heavy song and... Looking back, as much as I love it, and I love that whole Evanescence album, it's just so shocking to me that that got so far, and I'm so happy that it did. Uh, Also in that top 10, uh, R. Kelly and Ignition at 7. Beyonce and Jay-Z, Crazy in Love at 8. And and really, that that was where it peaked, was at 8. And I thought for sure that was going to be a more... Um, influential song. Yeah, right? Like, Beyonce just starting to go out on her own, but she was still with Destiny's Child at this point, I think. Yeah, what's about 0203 that there was, that was a little bit shaky, but yeah, I I think she was still part of that. Uh, JT with Rock Your Body at 9. Yeah, and this wasn't even where he was at his peak yet. He was just getting started, but this was such a huge song. And then uh, Matchbox 20 and Unwell uh, was at number 10. Yeah, that is, I, I'm actually kind of surprised that that song is like from 2003. I don't know why, but it just feels a little older. I, I think when it comes to Matchbox 20, everyone kind of just feels like they belong in the 90s. They had that 90s vibe, that 90s sound to them. But in reality, they were still releasing music uh, as a group fairly recently, too. Best minivan rock group ever. <laughs> Seriously, that, it's becoming a term. I've heard it tossed around on Twitter a few times. Like those like rock bands, like they're still rock, but it's still safe enough that your mom will let you listen to it. Hence, minivan rock. I could see that. That's for sure. And I mean, Rob Thomas is 
one of those guys who he seems to flip flat, uh, flip back and forth between group stuff and solo stuff all the time. And it's like, Rob, will you just pick one? One thing that actually kind of disappointed me when I went to go see Matchbox 20 Live a couple years ago. Yeah. Rob Thomas did not perform any of his solo stuff. And I was kind of hoping at least like, come on, at least sing this is how a heart breaks. <laughs> Street <on>. Corner Symphony. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I could see what you're saying, though, about there's a lot of variety on this chart. And um, we're seeing, again, if you go a little bit further down, um, that that country uh, vibe getting back into it. Even when you look at Kid Rock and Picture, I was kind of uh, one of those in-between songs. I have a very complicated relationship with that song. Do you want to share with the class? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. OK, so Picture, Kid Rock featuring Cheryl Crow. I'm very conflicted on it because on one hand, I do not like Kid Rock as a person. Yes, he's a horrible human being. I'm not really a huge fan of his music, but I have a whole lot of good memories of that song. My my dad's actually a Kid Rock fan. He'd play that song in the car stereo a lot when I was growing up. So, so it was quite frequent yeah. uh, that you heard it? Yeah, and... While I'm not a big Kid Rock fan, I do have a certain fondness for that song. Gotcha. Plus, it's a karaoke staple. Like, any time <laughs> that there's a duet, at least 25% of the time, it's picture. I, I 100% believe that. We also had um, Toby Keith and Willie Nelson with Beer for My Horses at number 25. Oh, God, that song... <laughs> <laughs> That's hey, what so given, given the circumstances, does that song not just seem racist as hell? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Lone Star, my friend Porch looking in, was at number twenty six. That's a good song. Oh yeah, I, uh, I like Rast- Lone Star. I got to see them live once. Uh, Amazed is another good song. Oh yeah, uh, Rascal Flatts, Love You Out Loud was at thirty one. Uh, Randy Travis was in there with Three Wooden Crosses at thirty four. Jewel with Intuition at number thirty. Yeah, kind of country. That was more of her poppier stuff. It was like this is, I guess, the time when she sold out, according to some people. <laughs> oh, even got Coldplay on this chart too. Yeah, just kicking in there with Clocks thirty three, uh, and then you go down and like Eminem, Sing for the Moment is there. 38. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, um, this is very timely that we're talking about this chart. One of the uh, big debuts this week on the chart at number 69 was the Black Eyed Peas, Where is the Love? Nice. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't? Oh, I know where you're going yeah, with that. Number 69, the love's in a few places. <laughs> 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 For those who can't see what just happened, because this is audio and not video, I uh, just buried my hand into my face when he said that. Yeah. Hey, if, if I'm not making you groan like that, am I really doing anything worth it? Okay, let's see. What else have we got on this chart? Oh my goodness, this song. Uh, have you ever heard Beware of the Boys? No. Okay. It's it's actually a really good song. I will take your word for it on that one. It's something that I'm surprised is on the charts. It is probably the most the most interesting pick for this chart. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. And then you had you know still some uh, staples uh, that were the the core artists during this time on uh, pop radio. You know you had um, 
Big Yellow Taxi, the uh, cover by Counting Crows and Vanessa Carlton on here at 46. Santana and Michelle Branch with the game of love as well. Train calling all angels at 47. Yeah. Oh, and if you crawl down to near the bottom of the charts, look at what's at number 86, Seven Nation Army. I, yeah. <laughs> Only it's fourth week on the chart. And this song, I think that was basically like the rock song that would go on to define the next rest of the decade, pretty much. Yeah, I would say that. And it's kind of stuck right in the middle between Blue Cantrell, Breathe, and Foo Fighters times like these. <laughs> Which in a way seems like, almost appropriate. Fair. But yeah, it was uh, it was just stuck right there in between those two songs. And it just it, it's a very uh, diverse chart, if you will. Yeah. Oh, hey, another another really fun thing I noticed in here. Phil Collins and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, both next to each other, both both contain the words can't stop. And at number 93, the saddest song ever written. Oh, yes. Martina McBride, Concrete Angel. Yeah. I don't, I don't care who you are. If you don't cry at that song, you're a monster. That's very fair. Um also had other uh, songs along the way that made it big. You know, Brad Paisley and Celebrity was there. What else? The Remedy, Jason Mraz. Get Low, Lil John, and the I, I just Boys. scrolled right past that. Yeah, Shania Twain, Forever and For Always was there. Red Dirt Road by Brooks and Dunn. Oh, and The Remedy by Jason Mraz. You remember that one? I literally said that like 10 seconds ago. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Tim's not paying attention. I mean, hey, it's not one of his most memorable singles, so. Uh, I mean, there was really only a couple that are now kicking around these days, and The Remedy is one of them, I'd say. Yeah, that's true. Oh, so and Linkin it, Park. Yeah, there's just, there's just so much in here. It's a very random chart. Did we talk about Like a Stone yet? Number 36? No, we haven't. I don't think. Just Audio Slave kicking in there as well. Yeah, and... Actually, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it and just say like like a stone. Probably the best song on this whole chart. I believe you've said that about three different songs on this chart now. <laughs> I know, but I just keep seeing more, and it's just there's so much good stuff here. Pick one. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll I'll pick Audio Slave. Okay, there we go. There we go. Uh, also, uh, still further up the chart, um, Uncle Cracker's cover of Drift Away. Is it 17? Yeah. That's another song that I thought was older for some reason. It's because you automatically you think of the Dobie Gray version, right? Uh, Kelly Clarkson, Miss Independent was at 19. Christina Aguilera and Fighter at 20. Yeah. Man, 2003, the, like right as Kelly Clarkson was just like making it big with American Idol. And did you ever see from Justin to Kelly? No. Oh my goodness, you, you gotta see that. This is like the best worst movie ever. It, it is hilariously bad. Speaking of American Idol, in at number 100, the American Idol finalists with God Bless the USA. Ugh, gotta, gotta have something patriotic on the charts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it, it's like a requirement. It's like, it's like CanCon for the States. Instead of like <laughs> having like 35% Canadian artists, like no, but you have to have once a year, one song with America in it. And I'm surprised that it wasn't country. Well, I mean, there were... Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, you gotta remember, there were probably some country singers in that season of Idol. 
Yes. Yeah. And so they would would have been kicking in there, but it's not like purely country. Yeah, it's like it's like half. I don't know if you mention if you mention America at all, that automatically like boosts its country cred by like ten percent. <laughs> so there's childish Gambino just making his waves on the countryside. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was like the catalyst for Old Town Road to come in. Oh gosh. Yeah. Oh gosh. Why? Why did you do this to us, Donald Glover? Because he can. <laughs> Donald Glover can do anything. Uh, apparently. Apparently. I don't know, though. I, huh. Saying that 50 Cent, 21 questions, I I don't know if that's still the number one, though. See, I, I kind of, I like the song. I was listening to it a lot yesterday, just listening to it on repeat, and I think it's a great song. I mean, it's it's a little off-brand for 50 Cent, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's a really good love song. It's it's a nice little slow jam. I, I dig it. But, you know, looking back at it. Yeah, you know what? I don't I don't think it's still the number one. Okay, so let's have the conversation out of this whole chart. Which one would you say should have been number one? And which one didn't get enough love? Okay, so first off, I want you to think of what I'm gonna say. What what do you what do you think my answers are? I'm gonna say I'm gonna think that you are gonna say the number one should have been Evanescence Bring Me to Life. Actually, no. I think it's peak at number five. That was like right perfect for it. Okay. I'm gonna say that that number one song should have been Crazy in Love. Okay. The one that didn't get enough love I'm gonna go with hmm let's say like a stone yeah you got me there okay yeah. <laughs> I, I was kind of hoping that that one would at least like uh, let's see what was its peak it, it, yeah, it number 31, 31. it should have gotten into at least the top 20 I'm uh I'm with you there on crazy in love uh the one that didn't get enough love though Let's do it. Let's say Train Calling All Angels. You know, I can agree with that. You know, that's a, it's a good song. And it, according to this chart, it only peaked at 47. Yeah. Plus, I think that was like Train's only like big hit for a long time. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. When did Drops of Jupiter come out? Oh, that was years later. I think 09? No. No, it had to. It had to. I thought it, I thought it came out before Calling All Angels. Hang on. I, I'm, I'm going to look it up. 01. It was 01. Yeah. What was the what was the one, though, that like because they had Hazel years. Sister, between... That's the one you're thinking of. Yes, that is because they had years in between their hits, like uh, between Calling All Angels and Hey Soul Sister. Yeah, like they they have like one big album and then an album that nobody talks about, then a big one. And then they went on a hiatus. <laughs> and then they covered all of Led Zeppelin 3 for some reason. Look it up. It actually happened. Oh, yeah. I'm on their Wikipedia page right now. Uh, Led Zeppelin 2. Oh, I, why did I say Led Zeppelin 3? I don't know. It's uh, It was literally called Train Does Led Zeppelin 2. At least it wasn't Led Zeppelin 4. We don't need Train doing Stairway. Oh, boy. Just imagine Pat Monahan on vocals on that one. And she's buying a stairway to heaven. 
you're, you're pretty close. I'm hanging out with all the angels on the stairway to heaven. I feel like that's about the time where we wrap up this segment. <laughs> Tim's singing now, guys. This isn't good. So yeah, 21 questions. It's not still the number one. All right, we are back on the Somewhat Bland Substance podcast, and we should have a new episode of Still the Number One coming up next week with our buddy Tim Gavin. So thanks to him again for joining us uh, for that one each and every time we do it. Uh, Let us move on in Somewhat Bland Substance episode 11 today. Of course, we have been talking a little bit about the COVID-19 pandemic. And by a little bit, I mean a lot of it. What we've got coming up here uh, in the rest of the show, we're going to talk about the NHL's return to play. And there's another shortage that is going around. And it's something that people are, I guess, trying to hold on to as much as possible. And this is more or less down in the States but it has to do with your money. What's in your wallet, I guess you could say. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, we'll have that coming up for you in just a few minutes. But I've had this conversation with a few people over the course of the weekends uh, regarding the SERP, the $2,000 that you can get each month from the federal government, kind of in lieu of EI, if you will. Uh, if you were laid off or temporarily laid off, I should say, due to the COVID-19 pandemic uh, and shortage of work regarding that. And people are still, you know, complaining and uh, thinking that uh, maybe the federal government should not be doing this because it is starting to become difficult to get people to come back to work. And some people were actually, you know, saying that to me, like uh, I, I was in an establishment yesterday and someone said, well, it's so hard for me to get anybody to come back because they're getting this $2,000. And I'm thinking to myself, huh, I know you might not be making all of the decisions in terms of wage because this is a chain, but maybe that just means and goes to show that they aren't making a living wage working here. And now they're getting the $2,000 a month, and they're finally making a decent wage for themselves. For other people, like me, the $2,000 doesn't come really anywhere close to what I was making without getting into certain specifics. I know I work in radio, and it's no shock that radio people don't make a ton of money. But still, like the $2,000 a month is kind of just covering the cost of the bills and, you know, essential needs like food and stuff like that. And I realize I could have it worse off. I'm grateful I'm getting that. And maybe there are people who are taking advantage of the CERB, but I think it is because they weren't making a living wage at their job. And now they finally are. So they're just like, yeah, well, maybe I'll come back later when this is all said and done. I think there needs to be some sort of uh, help given to them, I guess you could say, from uh, maybe a bit of an incentive from the businesses that they were employed at to to come back. 
I don't know, just a thought uh, in order to get people back to work and maybe get your operations a little bit more back to normal at your business. Just a thought. But what do I know, right? A lot of people will look at me and say, what's this 25-year-old kid doing saying stuff like that? He doesn't know anything about business. Yeah. So you can listen to me or probably not. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> Uh, the NHL is planning its return to play, and there's going to be a couple of hub cities where this is all going to go down in, and Toronto and Edmonton are the two choices, uh, and it'll be happening uh, starting August 1st with the Stanley Cup qualifiers. And there's going to be a five-game schedule on that August 1st uh, after the four-year extension to the collective bargaining agreement happened and the return to pay play plan happened between the NHL and the Players Association as well. And so this uh, might actually go a full calendar year for this year's um, NHL season, which is something that I actually have made a joke about in the past with former co-hosts of mine and whatnot. Like, you, oh, you would be so happy if you could watch hockey year-round. And they have fully admitted that, yes, this is completely true. So the entire playoff tournament is supposed to be done by the first week of October. Uh, It's going to be a best-of-five qualifying round. And players had to agree to extensive protocols governing camps. And there's going to be like a bubble environment around where games are played. So, you know, certain hotels where the teams are going to stay at, but they're going to have to be separated from their families. So basically, the made-for-TV tournament is going to be played. No fans in the building, uh, but the 12 returning Western Conference teams will be in Edmonton, and the Eastern Conference teams are going to be heading to Toronto for their games. So it's going to be weird. As somebody who also does PA announcing in-house for uh, one of the local hockey teams here in Lac-La-Biche, the Junior B team, as somebody who does that, if there's no fans in the building, that is going to be so weird. It's going to be a totally different vibe and give off an entirely different energy. It's just kind of going to be strange, I guess, and probably more or less strange for the players because they're going to be looking around and they're not going to see fans celebrating when they score a goal or when they win the game. It's just kind of It's going to be interesting to see how this is going to go and just the vibe and the energy in general that this is going to give off. So we're going to have to see how that uh, gets going as the NHL returns to play. Again, August 1st is the scheduled date for that. Mentioned it earlier that it's not just toilet paper that there was a shortage of. And then hand sanitizer as well and disinfecting wipes. I know I even went into some stores a couple of weeks ago and noticed that there is still a shortage of things like disinfecting wipes and product limits on what's still remaining there of one per customer per visit kind of thing. Well, down in the States, apparently there the COVID-19 pandemic is causing a shortage in cash and coins 
Um, the Federal Reserve Chair said what kind of happened is with the partial closure of the economy, the flow of coins kind of stopped. The whole system of flow has kind of come to the stop. So uh, the Federal Reserve has told both banks and retailers to expect a shortage, even putting a limitation on coin deliveries to financial institutions. And they also had slowed down produ- uh, production to protect its workers, which isn't helping. I don't know what the situation here is in Canada, but I do know there's a lot of people who are holding on to the cash, getting as much cash as they can from whatever they can do to try to, I mean, keep keep a hold on some money so that they have it to spend in case of an emergency, for example. I know I personally have any cash that... I've gotten my hands on is kind of now being used for my rent and stuff like that to uh, kind of help out in that situation, hopefully not take away from that $2,000 a month on the CERB that people have been getting. Uh, but nonetheless, it's it, it's something that everybody is kind of doing at this point. Meanwhile, it seems like there's stores that aren't accepting cash in this day and age, which uh, is kind of a way to protect their workers. And this is probably more or less down in the States, I would say. I haven't seen it so much here in Canada. There are a few stores who are suggesting to use things like debit or credit, or if you can pay with an app on your phone or whatever, if you have Samsung Pay or Google uh, Pay, Apple Pay, one of those. Anyway, um, people are suggesting or stores are suggesting that you do that instead if you can, but not necessarily saying, oh, we're not accepting cash at all. And somebody had shared a photo on my Facebook feed over the weekend, and it was like, if you are, aren't are accepting cash, uh, I'm going to turn around and not come into your store because cash is legal tender. I'm allowed to use it if I want. And then other people were complaining that, you know, this is just trying to turn us into a cashless society. I think this is one thing that we have learned through all this is that cash is no longer necessarily king. Which is something that has been said for a number of years to me. Oh, cash is king. Cash is king. But a lot of people I've noticed, sure, there are still lots who are paying with cash. I've noticed as I've been out and about where, you know, if somebody's buying something small and it costs less than 20 bucks, they'll have a 20 in their wallet or whatever the case may be, you know? But I'm kind of getting the sense that there's a lot more people who are paying with debit and credit ever since this all started, which makes total sense. It's so much easier if you could just tap for that matter, rather than rifling through and trying to find whatever cash you have hanging out in your wallet. It just, it, it seems so much easier to me. So um, I would say just, you know, calm down. It's not that everybody is trying to get rid of cash right away. It's still there. It still exists. It's still going to be a thing. It's just some stores may be suggesting that you don't use cash in order to help out their employees and keep people a little bit more safe during this time. But that being said, the stores that are still accepting cash, I've noticed um, if people touch it, they're usually hand sanitizing right after anyway. So that's kind of what's been happening to try to limit employees' exposure to the potential COVID-19 that they can get. 
All right, uh, as we do on this show to wrap things up, what happened in Florida this week? Well, I think the big story that came out of Florida this week, this Florida meathead by the name of Daniel Maples, he was filmed going off on a fellow Costco customer who asked him to wear a mask. And I know down in the States for the longest time, Costco was saying, okay, you have to wear a mask if you're coming into the store. I'm not sure if they're still doing it. I know here in Canada, it is just a suggestion if you're going in to Costco. But down in the States, it was at one point mandatory. Still, again, not sure if it is at this point. But the guy who did go off, Daniel Maples, has been fired from his job as an insurance agent. Now, in case you missed the story, he was wearing a Running the World since 1776 t-shirt. He charged at the customer and told him to back the F up and put your effing phone down. And apparently was his insurance company's highest producing sales agent. And the company said in a statement that thank you to everyone for their comments and messages raising awareness about the behavior and stuff like that. So, yeah, he's uh, he's been fired. Kind of serves him right. You don't do that. You don't irately go off on somebody for them asking you to do something which would kind of be logical, I guess, especially down in Florida where they did see over 15,000 new cases of COVID-19 back last week in a single day. It's just, it's something you don't do. There's a way of politely saying no thank you, and then there's this. Don't do this. Don't be an idiot. In non-COVID-19 news, a Florida man was riding on a bike path when an iguana darted out in front of him. (laughs) Yeah, and then it got stuck, so it was uh, lodged in the front wheel fork of the bike. And so the dude actually, like, went over the handlebars and onto the asphalt. He was taken to hospital, stable condition. He had just cuts on his head, arms, and leg. Uh, Condition of the iguana did not appear to be as stable. But it's kind of funny when you see headlines like this and you're like, oh, it's got to be Florida. In fact, most of these headlines are starting to show um, Florida man within the first half of the sentence. So like Florida man gets into collision with iguana. (laughs) Totally sounds like a Mad Lib, does it not? I'm Scott Mitchell. Thank you for listening in to this week's edition of Somewhat Planned Substance. We have moved over to Anchor, uh, and we are still on Google Play and uh, Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify, and basically anywhere you can get your podcasts, you can find us. You can also follow me on Facebook. You can look up Scott Mitchell, and you can follow me on every other social media, pretty much, at Scott Mitchell FM. Really quite simple to find. Thanks for listening, and stay safe. We'll talk to you next week. 